Hi, my name is Suzanne and I'm your host for Crosstalk. Here is Above the Noise, the EMC Society podcast to discuss interesting topics on electromagnetic compatibility to our technical community. In this issue, we will talk with Matthias Matkowski, researcher at Otto von Gericke University Magdeburg in Germany. Matthias, in your daytime job, you're a guide, teacher and inspirer for the youth. Welcome to the podcast. Thanks for being here. Hello. Would you like to briefly introduce yourself? Yeah, my name is Matthias, uh, and as I said, I'm a scientific co-worker, researcher, and lecturer at the Otto von Gericke University in Magdeburg, Germany. I'm also active in the IEEE German EMC chapter for member and marketing services, and with with some colleagues and with some students, uh, I'm also active as an IEEE STEM champion or IEEE STEM ambassador. And we do lots of activities and workshops for kindergarten kids, for uh, school children, to make them aware of the chances and also the fun that uh, the STEM field can bring, electric engineering and so on. So we have uh, lots of workshops with small robots, electrical construction kits and so on. That's really, really great. And uh, I see your notices on, on Twitter now, X, uh, you post everything you do. That's a great job. That's wonderful. It's fantastic. Thanks. So today you talk about units. What brought you to units as a theme to talk about? Yeah, I'm an engineer by heart. And so units are a fundamental issue in engineering and in science, in all the natural sciences. And we also often use them in our daily life. Uh, they are very important for trade and economic to express physical quantities. And without a unit, it would just be numbers. So this is, I, I use them often in my daily life. And I think they also help to understand equations and calculations. And um, I, I try to explain it uh, to my students a lot that if you uh, want to do some calculation, for example, if you want to calculate the resistance and you don't know the equation, but you know the unit, okay, it's ohm, ohm is volt by ampere, then uh, you know, okay, volt is voltage, uh, ampere is current, so we need to divide voltage by current, we get resistance. So so units can help to understand equations. And um, also, if you do some calculation, and if you get the right unit, the proper unit at the end, of course, you're not absolutely sure that your calculation is right, but um, it, it's a good sign. And if you if you do something, and if you calculate something, and the unit at the end is wrong, then you can be absolutely sure that your calculation is also wrong. So I think units are very helpful, very handy, and we use them all the time in engineering. Mm -hmm. So what are basic units? Ah, this is a good question. So I think if we go back a little bit in history, what people would like to measure is, of course, length and time and maybe the mass of objects. And um, so there you would use as a measurement what we all have. We would use our body. So we would use the length of our hand or maybe the the width of, of our thumb. Uh, by the way, my thumb is, is the perfect thumb for one inch. I've, I've measured it at home. It's, it's almost exactly 2.54 millimeters. Um, and so this works. It's, it's of course not properly exact. Um, so then 500 years ago, people thought about, okay, this should be more exact. Maybe we don't use our hand or the length of our arm anymore. Uh, we use something that is more common. We use dimensions of our Earth. Um, so take distances of on, on the Earth, divide them. And so then we, we end up with something like a meter. 
Um, second is also easy to get because you take the day of uh, or the, the time of a day and divide it into hours and minutes and seconds. And if you have meter, then it's maybe also easy to measure one liter, one, one cubic decimeter of water and say, okay, this is the mass. This is one kilogram. And so you can come to some basic units for length, for time and for mass. And with these base units, you can already almost express everything in physics and mechanics. Um, if you want to do some electrical engineering, you also need something from the electrical world. Uh, so it was decided to use ampere, the ampere as the base unit for the current. And let's say for an electrical engineer, this is almost already enough. If you want to do some thermodynamics, uh, you need temperature. This is expressed in Kelvin. And if you want to do optics, you need to have the strength of light. This is measured in candela. And if you want to do chemistry, you need to have like the, the, the number of molecules in, in a certain substance. And this is measured in mole. And so these are the seven base units. And from these base units, the idea is that you can derive all other units that we need to use in our daily engineering and physics life. And this is this is more or less the idea of this SI system international, uh, of this international unit system. Mm -hmm. So as you said, it is an international unit system. Uh, when was it formed or described? This metric system goes back to the late 18th century and back to France. And there, this meter and mass, uh, one kilogram for the mass idea was derived. Yeah, the idea of this metric units was tried to spread all around the globe. There is some interesting story that a French botanist whose name was Joseph Dombey, who was he was sent or he was asked by the foreign minister of the US, who was Thomas Jefferson at this time, to bring such a meter stick. And, and I think it was made out of copper, one kilogram of copper as the base measurement for meter and kilogram to the United States from France. But the ship Uh, he traveled on, was captured by uh, pirates or by privateers, and he was imprisoned. And that's why yeah, the, the US don't adopt it to this metric system, which is, I think, kind of, kind of interesting. There, there was a second ship sent uh, that arrived some years later, but then the, the successor of Thomas Jefferson, Edmund Randolph, uh, was his name. He was not interested anymore in, in adopting to this metric system in the United States. So then the United States are still more or less using the imperial system, at least in their daily life, of course, in, in science and engineering, they also use the metric system. But yeah, so it's it's an idea of the late 18th century. And in the in the middle of the 19th century, James Clerk Maxwell, that we also uh, all know from electric engineering, from Maxwell's equations, he derived the system of what we would call today coherent units so that there are base units and that we can, from these base units, derive these other units that we all need to know and need to use. Yeah, so if we have, for example, if we have length and, and time, we can derive um, velocity meter per second or kilometers per hour and so on. And so at then the end or towards the end of this 19th century in 18. Uh, 75, there was the Treaty of the Meter, a big conference, and some contract was signed by representatives of 
17 states or so, including, uh, including interesting, including also the United States and Russia and Germany and Switzerland and Belgium and lots of other European states, Denmark, France, and so on, to adopt to this meter system. And then let's say the last or the, the second to last big update was in the 1960s, where this international system of units was, was launched. And this included this seven base units that I've just mentioned. And they were, yeah, they were defined in a certain way how you could represent this quantity, usually in terms of a certain way to measure this. And uh, the last change to this international system is, is not too far away. It was in 2019, just four years ago. And the idea there is, yeah, that... We are we are not using a certain we are still somehow using a certain way how to measure these quantities and how to define units, but units are defined in terms of physical content. So certain fundamental natural physical constants have been defined, have been fixed. For example, uh, the velocity of light that was already before, but Planck's constant, the elementary charge, uh, Boltzmann constant, Avogadro constant, and now. Units are defined in terms of these fixed physical constants. What does it mean in your research or like now from, from relatives to physical constants? Um, is there a big change or not? <laughs> to, to be honest, I think I don't care. And most of the engineers, I would say, do not really care. Um, and it's, yeah, so... A meter, I, I think also in our daily life, it does not change too much. Um, and I, I would also say that it's now really, really hard to understand and to explain someone else, for example, how the kilogram is defined. I mean, before it was the, the mass of one liter of water, but then, of course, you know, you have different water. You, you need to fix the temperature, uh, how many minerals are in this water, and so on and so on. And then the idea was, okay, let's take some platinum, iridium metal piece and say this is one kilogram. But it also happened that many of these prototypes have been produced. And there, there are, of course, comparisons between them. And uh, people notice that they somehow get, one gets lighter over time, one gets slightly heavier. No one really knows why. Maybe it was clean too much. Um, And some some atoms and lots of atoms maybe have been removed or maybe it fall down somewhere and, and something uh, got split. No, no one really knows. So, but this is the problem of this. You have some prototype. If the prototype gets lost or if the prototype is is altered or changed, then your uh, units change and you don't want to have this. So now this way how to define units should be reproducible everywhere on Earth, even in space, by doing very special kind of measurement to fix this, to show what is, for example, the, the force that a mass of kilogram shows onto something else. And then you measure this in terms of a current and voltage and so on. Quite complicated measurements, to be honest. I, I don't also really understand it in, in every detail and I could not explain it from my heart. But at the end, I mean, it's a kilogram. And in our daily life, if it's, I would say, if I, if I go to a supermarket, buy one kilogram of potatoes. I do not care if it's one kilogram or 1.001 or 999.9 grams. Yeah, um, exactly. 
Um, another question, what is the distinction? What are there, you sort of mentioned it earlier, uh, standardizations of unit or calibrations of this unit, obviously of the base units or the, the, the relative units, uh, that's not as easy, but if you have a physical constant, how had uh, standardization been done in the past? Yeah, in the past, as I said, if you use length of your body, then everyone has a slightly different body for sure. And so you yeah. get different width of the thumb and different lengths of the arm and yard and foot and so on. And this was a problem in trade. If you go to a market and if you want to buy a cloth or, or uh, something else and you want to have a certain size, then the merchant calculates or, or measures with, with the different lengths of the hand than, than your hand is, then you pay too much or maybe he earns too less or, or whatever. So a usual way at this time was uh, that, uh, and you can see it at least in, in many historical city centers in Germany, if you look at the town hall, there are often metal sticks, usually made out of iron, connected to the walls of this town hall. Uh, so that you could use to calibrate your own yard or your own foot ruler um, so that everyone uses the same size. And of course, I mean, that's the idea also of these units today, that if you have a meter here and a meter there, that the meter everywhere is the same. Um, as I said, I mean, in our daily life, I would say we would nicely work with other units, um, more convenient units. I think the imperial system that is still used in the U.S., It's also kind of convenient if you measure something, some distances in in feet. I know, okay, three feet are approximately one meter. Um, this is also kind of handy than measuring temperatures not in degrees Celsius or Kelvin, but in, in degree Fahrenheit is also kind of handy because you know, okay, zero degree Fahrenheit. This is very, 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 very cold day in the winter and 100 degree uh, Fahrenheit is a very, very hot day in the summer. So, yeah, the, the temperature scale that we use in our daily life is somewhere in this range. And this is also something that happens, um, let's say, in the real science, that real scientists also invent units that are more handy. Um, for example, angstrom for the size of atoms or nucleus, uh, and one angstrom is... 0.1 nanometers, so so kind of small. It's it's approximately the atomic uh, radius of of phosphorus or sulfur, uh, something like this. Then in, in nuclear physics, I think this is also a very very interesting and funny unit, a barn, um, yeah, like like a, a, yeah, a house or like a shed where where you would place something, um, and it's approximately the um, the cross sectional scattering area of some uranium nucleus. It's 10 to the power of minus 28 square meters. So it's it's very, very small. But in terms of yeah, nuclear physics, it's it's really, really large. And that's why some scientists, I don't recall the name, somewhere said in some experiment, hey, this atom that we have there, uh, the, the scattering cross-section of this is, is as big as a barn. And so this unit was invented and uh, many, many people use it in nuclear physics papers. And As we are talking about electromagnetics and electrical engineering, I think mm -hmm. we also have our own uh, very handy unit, the decibel. So you take some quantity, you normalize it uh, to a fixed quantity, for example, 
Uh, you take a power, normalize it to one milliwatt, and then take the decadic logarithm out of it, multiply it by 10, and then you get the level of this power in decibel milliwatts or in short dBm. And the idea there is because of this uh, logarithm is that you can express very, very, very small and very, very large powers in terms of very handy numbers. So we can express the whole range from the tiniest powers that we could ever measure to the biggest powers that big nuclear power plants would output, uh, let's say, into the range from minus 200 to 200 decibels. And that's why I, I know a German uh, electrical engineering professor who said that uh, this decibel is yeah something like a measurement uncertainty belittlement factor so if you if you measure something and if you say oh this is, has has quite a large measurement uncertainty people will not believe my measurement results express it in db in db it always sounds not that bad and yeah this is this is maybe a thing with units um sometimes you can also change the result a little bit it's still if from a physical point of view it's it's still the same result if you if you put it into a different unit Super. Um, one last question I would like to ask is, do you have a takeaway message for listeners? Yeah, my takeaway message for listeners would be take care of the units. If you write something, if you write uh, a white paper, if you write a scientific paper, take care about the units, check your units, uh, use the right units. And in written documents, also express the units, write down the units in the right way. So units are always written in, in Roman type, upright letters. Um, variables and symbols in your equation are written in slanted letters. And it's the only way how we can distinguish, for example, the little m, if it's for the mass or for the meter. If it's um, in italics, if it's in slanted letters, then it's a symbol, it's the mass. If it's in upright letters, it's the meter. And there's always a space between the number and the unit um, to express that there, there's some multiplication that happens there so that the number is multiplied with the unit. And yeah, so there, there are some other rules on how to write um, symbols and how to write units. Uh, for example, the, the, these prefixes, the milli and kilo and so on, they are never self-standing. They always need to be combined with some unit. If you have larger numbers of decimals, this and, and this does not necessarily relate to units, but if you have larger numbers and you want to have a thousand separator, please don't use a comma, please don't use a, a dot, because some some countries use the dot and the comma as a decimal separator, also use a space or a thin space instead. And yeah, make sure that you do calculations with your units correctly. Um, I mean, you can you can multiply units, you can add and subtract units only if it's the same unit. It does not make sense, uh, for example, to add to say 10 ohm plus 10 microfarad. Sometimes I see this if I check uh, calculations of students or if I'm checking exams, and then yeah, I, I always write a comment below this and say, oh hey. Be, be sure you cannot add units, different different units, or you cannot add quantities with different units. And I think one, one nice example that explains this is uh, that even my kids would understand if um, I would say I am uh, 70 kilograms plus 
187 centimeters, then everyone would say this does not make sense. Yeah, we cannot add the mass and the length. And in the same way, we cannot add the resistance and some capacitance of some of some capacitor. This would be maybe my takeaway message: take more care of the units. Matthias, thank you so much. It's really been a pleasure having you here on the podcast. And thank you for your inspiring talk about the history of units and uh, bringing the theme back to attention. Thanks a lot. You're welcome. Well, it was also a pleasure for me. Thank you. And if you wish to learn more about EMC and get the latest input from science and the industry, sign up for Crosstalk. Curious about the noise. <laughs>